You know, my grandfather died of um, lung cancer, and I'll be honest with you, I, I sort of, I, I do in a way feel like this is sort of what it feels like when you win 13 games in the regular season, um, and then you lose to a team that almost missed the playoffs. I get that, and and so I get what that sort of pain is. I feel dead inside. I, I mean, that's what is the difference even uh, between that and being dead on the outside. Wow. Uh, hope this audio is not shit. If it is shit, I'm sorry. You guys got through episode 39. You'll get through this one. That was the one where I forgot the microphone. The microphone is here this time. We did forget the microphone cover. That'll happen because it's 2023 and somehow you still need something like a microphone cover. I, that's that's like an antenna. Why the fuck? You know, just do the thing because you're a microphone. Anyway, uh, it is the night shift. I think this is episode 65. I'm pretty sure. I got to double check. Didn't. Uh, don't feel like picking up the phone because I've already put too much effort into setting this up. That's what it is. It's Joey. Uh, Joey Capuana. We got the fucking Twitter now. Let's talk about that. Go to Joey Hates Everything at Joey Hates Everything on Twitter. Um, got more exciting stuff with that coming on. Uh, coming up later on in the episode. So let's uh, get the dead elephant, the rotting carcass of an elephant out of the room here. <clears throat> the Minnesota Vikings are out of the playoffs. How did we know that was going to happen? Well, here, here's the um, here's the major problem I'm having with this. Now, if you listen to the show, you know that in past episodes I've talked about how bad it has hurt me to see the Vikings lose. And looking back on those times, it's pretty ridiculous just thinking what happened. Uh, two of them in particular come to mind after I was a college dropout. That's just to give you an idea of where I was at in my life. There was one year where the Vikings lost in the first round of the playoffs and I did not go to work the next day. I said, uh, I'm, just, I'm, just not, I'm just not doing it. And that's fine. That's fine. That's my religion. Okay. Um, the second time was worse. I uh, actually relapsed on pills. Like I had made a statement to myself that I was never going to do painkillers again. And then Blair Walsh missed a 27 yard field goal to beat the Seahawks, uh, who ended up playing the Patriots that year. <clears throat> and that was really tough. I mean, I. It's one thing to end the game on a terrible decision by your quarterback. It's another to end it on a 27-yard missed field goal. It's insane. Um, it's a lot to deal with. It really is tough. And when that happened, I just I remember uh, trading a guy weed for oxycotton. And this was the shittiest part about Minnesota. Like the Vikings are so tied into Minnesota. They call it the like the state of hockey or whatever. Nobody gives a fuck about hockey in America. No, no, really, people don't really give that much of a fuck about the the wild out there. It's always somebody's dad who's super rich, like a super rich alcoholic dad. I know you're thinking of one in particular right now, um, and that's not that's not directed at any, any of my friends. All of our fathers were alcoholics. But you know what they what they're like. They were usually pretty wealthy, and they would be stressed out. But there was something about them being around uh, the boys 
like their son and their and his friends that made him like relax for a second and you could just see the like their face turned from red to slightly pink because they were just a little there's just a little less blood ple- blood pressure huh blood pressure going on i had too much spit in my mouth there um and those those are the type of dads that that love the wild like they'll come home at nine o'clock at night, probably from cheating on that, on your friend's mom. And they'll watch the wild with you drunk as fuck. And it's a whole fun thing because you don't understand alcohol as a 12 year old. Um, the Vikings, however, my point here, the Vikings are, I don't care who you are. Like if you are not that much into sports or you're a diehard Vikings fan like me, they are the shit out there. They, they completely, just because of how dominant the NFL is, they take over hockey any night of the week. There's never been a time in human history where uh, a wild game has gotten more views than a Vikings game. Okay, It's just a frozen tundra, and therefore we have latched on to the whole hockey thing. Um, my point here is, and before I even start this, I want to admit fully, hey, I'm sorry if you're not a a sports person or if you don't give a shit about the Vikings and you actually do like this podcast, you're one of the few but faithful. I'm sorry that you have to sit through 10 minutes of it every week, but it is something that actually matters to me. Like I do, I give a fuck about the Vikings. I love football. I started watching football uh, when I was four years old. That would have been 2002. I walked into my parents' room when we lived in Atlanta, Georgia, and I asked my dad what he was doing why he was screaming at a television while slamming alcohol. And and this podcast was pretty much born in that moment. Um, no, I don't, you know, I feel like sometimes he listens to the show. I'm just making a joke when I say every, every one of our parents was alcoholics. It was just most of them. My dad was good, all right? Um, probably uh, about five beers on a Sunday, seven if we lose. And that's more than acceptable for a man who's working in uh, in business software in his 30s and 40s. Respect to my dad for not going 9 or 11. Uh, there's a lot of Sunday dads who will go 9 or 11 beers, and that threshold, then this is for anybody. After you cross 8, things can get dark. <coughs> I hope I didn't just blow out your eardrum. I don't know how the echo is going in here. The, the quitting vaping thing was going so well until I remembered that black and milds existed. Um, <clears throat> what was I saying? My dad was a, my, my dad was a four to six beer guy. There are dads who are seven to nine. Okay. And we talked about, uh, we talked about, you know, even cousin RJ can get a little dark. He's the happiest, nicest, funnest guy in the world until you unlock that door until you get to the ninth key of that dimension, ninth key to the ninth dimension, bro. He's, He's bringing you to the 12th, which doesn't exist. And it doesn't exist because everything he does while he's drunk as fuck like that doesn't make sense. I watched this man kick his dog in the penis. And uh, this is, uh, he doesn't give a fuck. So don't think that I'm upsetting him by saying that. Um, <clears throat> wow. I think, I think we just did like three minutes of derailment there for once I wrote the show notes down. What I was going to talk about was with the Vikings, something that has really bothered me and it never hit me this hard until this year is the Minnesota nice aspect of all of these things. Okay. So for anyone, cause we have listeners now that are not from Minnesota. Uh, if you don't know, 
I'll explain it this way. The places I've lived the longest in my life, Arizona, Pittsburgh, Minnesota. If you walk down the street in Phoenix, Arizona, and you wave at someone, they're just going to think it's weird. And that's the end of it. They're, they're probably not going to wave back at you. If they do, um, uh, you know, I, I, it's just very rare that that would happen. Uh, move that over to Pennsylvania, you wave at somebody, and now they're thinking, this guy is a target. I didn't realize that at first. The first time I just waved at somebody because I'm about to get to, you know, the point. That's what you do in Minnesota. You just, when you walk around, even if you're in like not the best part, you at least give somebody an, an acknowledgement because that's just part of the culture out there. When I did that in Pittsburgh for the first time, I immediately had three 30-year-old men drunk as fuck following me through the street. The first time I ever did it. Uh, and it goes back to Minnesota. That's just sort of what you do. And there's a difference in these cultures. I don't even, I think Phoenix was a bad example because nobody gives a fuck about the Cardinals, but let's just, let's just talk about the Eagles for a second. I hate the Eagles. Capital H cock in your mouth. I hate the Eagles, but they do take shit very seriously, and they don't, they're not pussies, okay? We're, you know, the people from Minnesota are not disgusting inbred fucks that eat horse shit as a celebration. But we're, we're also, in a way, we're kind of pussies, which is my point in this whole thing. I was sickened and appalled by the reaction that I saw from not only my friends from the people I know, from people on social media, the YouTube live stream comments, all the Minnesota fans said the same shit they say every fucking year, and it drives me nuts, dude. It's that, hey, it didn't work out the way we want, but, uh, you know, we got a great group of guys, and we're going to be back next year. There's a lot of hope for next year. Fuck that. It has never, it has never worked out the next year. And when you, when you look at the Vikings being a team since 1961, which means they are, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. I got it. I promise you I got it. 63 years old, 63 years as a franchise, and you don't have one Super Bowl? The odds, the odds start to get a little shaky, okay? There's 32 teams, yes. When you, when you do those numbers, there's a good chance some teams are going to have zero Super Bowls. That's just the way numbers work. But it's different for Minnesota. We are not the Browns. We are not the Lions. We're not the fucking Jets. Okay? We've had some of the best teams of all time. And we have nothing to fucking show for it. And one of the things that really hits me hard about that is the lackadaisical, the, oh, yeah, it's that's okay. That's okay. That, hey, bud, that's all right. Like, they didn't just fuck up the price while you were pumping gas, all right? There wasn't some sort of indiscrepancy that the person cashing your, that the person giving you change at the register had nothing to do with. These are the people directly that we give money to every year. We paid taxes for that new stadium, and we invest all this emotional bullshit into these guys for, for this stuff to happen, okay? A lot of people probably think I'm going to go into blaming Kirk Cousins. I'm not. It was obviously the fault of the defense. They played entirely too soft the entire game. 
and uh, it resulted in us just getting run all over the fuck by Daniel Jones, who can run and who will absolutely take a body shot as he is on a prove-it deal this year. On top of that, I've seen this every year that I've been a Vikings fan. Like, we just, we can't, I've never seen a Vikings team that can stop short or long passes. If the quarterback is throwing the ball, we're fucked. Um, and I can go on about the Vikings all day. I really can. My point is I would challenge every Vikings fan listening to this right now to not be okay with this. We've been alive since 1998, most of us. All right, that at least for me. I have never seen a team, a Vikings team, with this high of a winning percentage. I've never seen it in my life. And you lose to a fucking team at home in your new stadium that almost missed the fucking playoffs? I, I, uh, I don't know. It brought back this uh, feeling of depression that I just... I got really high after the game. I ate edibles for the first time in probably three months. And I got really, really fucking high and it didn't help. Made it worse. Uh, and my challenge to Vikings fans this year would be stop being okay with that. See how you do in your regular life when you drop the Minnesota nice shit. Because I have certainly, I have certainly dropped that. And it, I mean, I'm not doing great, I'll be honest, but it has certainly changed my life for the better. I can tell you that right the fuck now. It just has. Um, it's a cruel, sick world. Until societies were developed, there were still people eating people. And that's still lodged in our consciousness, all right? Uh, the Nazis were, were 40 years ago, okay? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That didn't happen in 1980. Uh, 60 years ago, a little bit more than that. It's still, my point is, humans don't evolve that fast. The fact that we still need to sleep is incredible, okay? Your brain should not be designed to, to be okay with what's going on around you. At all times, you should be thinking, fuck this, and you should be on edge. That's how it is. That's what we need to implement into this Vikings fandom. I want everybody pissed right now. I don't care if we got to do a five-year rebuild. I don't, I don't fucking care. I can't deal with this anymore because this is the most depressing thing of it all. I promise you we're 90, minutes away, or 90 seconds away from moving on from the Vikings if you're not a football fan. Every year when the Vikings lose in the playoffs or whether they lose in the regular season and don't make the playoffs, whatever, I convince myself that it's going to be next year's the year. I've never seen it. I've never seen a Vikings team have this high of a winning percentage. And to lose in the wild card round to a team that didn't, that almost didn't make it, really fucks with me. Because earlier in the week, one of my favorite sports podcasts, Dirty Sports, go listen to them, talked about as they get older, these guys are in their late 30s. Early 40s at this point. Holy shit. Um, they've talked about not caring about sports as much. These guys are two hosts of a sports podcast. And they're going, I'm not sure that I care that much anymore. I'm not sure how much I can keep investing into this anymore. 
before it's just I don't even give a fuck because of all of the ridiculousness and the fact that every sport is pretty much only based on money. If you win 13 out of 17 games and you can't even get it done in the first of four rounds, how am I supposed to keep? I mean, I, I do feel like, and I didn't come up with this joking thought. I didn't come up with this. It's too funny for me, honestly. Sports for men, football in particular for men, on the, basic, on the most basic level, is like astrology for girls. Girls are... And it's always hot girls for some reason. I don't know why. Um, girls are into astrology, and it doesn't matter, right? And I know that. And you know that. And even if you're a hot girl listening to this that likes astrology right now, you know that. Football doesn't matter. I'm not going to meet any of these guys. I have nothing to do with the Minnesota Vikings besides the fact that I'm from Minnesota. And it still hurts so fucking bad, man. Like, I I got what I described to a friend earlier as flashback depression. Like, I, I knew that I was depressed about the Vikings game, but it didn't feel like being depressed nowadays. Like, nowadays, I get depressed when I fall behind on my bills or something happens with a relationship or, you know, just something at work, anything that actually matters. When you're a kid and you grow up in the suburbs and you have two parents that work, there's not a whole lot going on in your life that is really make or break. So I would get upset about the dumbest shit ever, you know? And that's what it felt like for a second. I don't want that. And these losses and this disappointment is not like the Browns or the Jets or the Lions and the teams that we talked about before. Where it's like, ah, that's what happens to them. I'm from here. I'll keep cheering. No, motherfucker. We have been good. The Vikings should have like three Super Bowls. And they have none. And so as someone who's, who cares about that, you start to rack your brain and go, shit, is there a reason behind that? Stop being Minnesota nice. Throw a battery at a black player. No, I'm just, it's hey, I was I'm sorry. I was I was in more of a Philadelphia mentality there. You could throw a battery at any race of player, whichever you choose. I don't really care. Um, don't specify black. That's gonna be a whole thing. Uh yeah, what's going on tonight? Any, hey, now I gotta turn it into a happy thing. Ah, oh, yeah, it's a comedy podcast. I'm feeling real loose. I didn't even get to talk about it yet because I was so pissed there for a second. This is the night shift. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Best of the night shift part two? Is that what we're going to call it? Fuck yeah, we should. If they can bring back night court 40 years after it happened, dude, we can bring back the best of the night shift. Only the OG fans will know that. Most of them aren't listening now because we've dropped a lot in listeners since then. I think people remembered me from high school and they were like, he was willing to take some chances. And then they're like, oh, he's doing this in the back office of a Pittsburgh motel. It wasn't a motel, but it wasn't Pittsburgh. So do the math there, how that evens out in sadness. Um, It is the night shift. I'm dressed like what I can only describe as a white American refugee 
like if America was invaded and we somehow we got hit with that modern warfare two EMP, just never saw it coming until the guys in, in space warned us. And all of a sudden I have to get out of my home as I'm like getting undressed from work. Oh my God. That was like a 20 second buildup to a burp right there. Jesus Christ. Um, if that's, that's how I would describe what I'm wearing right now. I am wearing my work beanie, like the company winter hat, uh, shirt that I bought for $9 from Macy's, which is camo. It's camo, but it's not army camo. It's white turquoise green and purple camo. Cause I'm always full. I'm full Andy Wiggins at all times, uh, slacks. And then the shoes from that vine from 2016, where it was, it was some, some guy walked up to a cop, just clearly hammered because why would you do this unless you wanted to be shot in the face, walks up to a cop and just points his phone at his shoes and he goes, what are those? What are those? That is the exact fucking shoes that I am wearing right now. And you pair that up with some slacks uh, the Wigginsist camo shirt you've ever seen, and a and a company work hat. You've got American. You've got white American refugee, which is what you've got. And um, it's not good. It's not. It's it's not good based on the fact that I am having a Miller Light right now in front of an elevator shaft. I will have to. Maybe I'll use that as the promo picture for tonight. Um that I always put on my Snapchat. I always try to put a picture that goes along with the story. Maybe it'll be me over here in the, um, in the elevator shaft. Hilarious. I took a selfie of me doing that and I just sent it to a few friends on Snapchat before I started recording. And one of the girls I sent it to replied, uh, okay. So, so it's important that I even explain this at all. I, the caption I added for the photo was, Am I going to get murdered while doing this episode tonight? And clearly what that implies, if you understand it, comedy at all, is that I'm doing it from almost inside of an elevator in what looks like um, a government experimental warehouse is how I could describe it. Like it looks like this is somewhere that has never been registered with an address or Google Maps or anyone besides 30 people who have been blackmailed into doing black science for the government. And that doesn't mean cocoa butter experiments. Boom! Name of the episode, cocoa butter experiments. Uh, no, no, like, like, like really dark shit. Like uh, if you were doing black magic on a person, this is the setting you would do it in. And so I sent a selfie of myself to uh, a girl on Snapchat and her response was, oh, why? What topics are you covering? And it's like, did you think I made that joke about being murdered because I live in an because I'm making wild jokes on here and, and talking about certain topics? Or did this girl think that I actually live in an elevator? Is that the point I'm at in my life? where it's, it's almost getting sad to have a podcast at 25 and unsuccessful one at that. And then, and then you have your friends thinking that you live in an elevator. That's kind of, that's, it's in a, in a way it's fun. Um, <clears throat> we got some stories here for you tonight. We do. I promise you that. Let's start out with everyone's favorite president of all time, 
Joey Biden. My parents told me uh, when I was very young that after the crime bill was released, they told me that I was named after Joe Biden. And I always liked him since then. And then, you know, he started doing all this liberal cuck shit. And I go, oh, my God. Now we're just paying them to take shit from stores, huh? No, I didn't say that. This is getting to be too... I might have had one too many Miller Lights before clocking into the shift. And now I'm doing jokes without adding any laughs to them. And I sound racist, which is what's key to being a successful podcaster. So I might just keep doing that. Uh, Let's start out with a Biden one. This is from NPR headline. Here's what we know about the classified documents found at Joe Biden's home and office. Uh, So if you didn't know, earlier in the week, they found some documents at Joe Biden's house and his office, which, hey, man. (laughs) Did the sun come up today? (laughs) Hey, did you look outside? Do clouds still exist? Is the sky still blue? Oh, okay, then that must have meant they found sketchy documents at a politician's home. President Biden, is, President Biden is facing a Department of Justice investigation after his lawyers found classified documents at his Delaware residence and an office in Washington, D.C. They were found in multiple instances with a White House lawyer announcing on Saturday that, more th- that five more pages had been found in Biden's home. On Thursday, Attorney General Merrick Garland appointed former Justice Department official Robert Herr, trustworthy guy, to lead the DOJ probe. This appointment underscores for the public the department's commitment to both independence and accountability in particularly sensitive matters and making decisions indisputably guided only by the facts and the law. I just, I, there's only one more, a couple more paragraphs in this, but I just, right there, I have to pause for a second and go, who the fuck believes that? Like, the stupidest people in this country, I don't think, believe that. That the, the, that the government actually takes accountability and independence in, protect, in particularly sensitive matters. They fucking hung Epstein with prison clothes. The announcement came just a few days after the news broke that classified documents had been found at Biden's private office less than a week before midterm elections in November, a discovery that led to the DOJ that led the DOJ to launch an, an initial inquiry. The White House has said that it cooperated with the DOJ during its review and plans to continue working with her special counsel investigation. Hers. Not her, but Joe Biden didn't transition. I meant to say hers is an H U R S. Um, that's motherfucking Robert, her sketchy guy, invest with investigating with the uh, DOJ. Joe Biden did not transition into a female, it did not mean her investigation. We are confident that a thorough review will show that these documents were inadvertently misplaced and the president and his lawyers acted promptly upon discovery of this mistake, said Richard Sauber, a White House lawyer, in a statement. Um, So basically all they know about the documents so far are they're supposedly have 
having been at the White House, um, there really is no information regarding what the documents say at, at, at this time, as I keep looking through here to make sure this, uh, this article hasn't updated. But the point is, they were never going to tell you anyway. The fact that Biden's lawyers immediately said, hey, no, it's all good, dude. He just, these were accidentally placed here. And the DOJ goes, no, the, yeah, no, that's what we thought. That's probably, that's honestly, that's, that's chill. What that means to me is that they found some shit there that was probably important because as I keep reading through these, this article here, the documents have not, even to this point, this being recorded on January 16th, no, nothing has been released in regards to that. Um, to me, all that says is, yeah, we found, we found more at another guy's house. This is almost like, it's almost just like they're trying to meet a quota. Let me take a piss here, and then I'll get right back on. I can't focus. I have to piss so bad. All right, we're back. Um, I'm going to try and keep myself at an equal distance. Maybe if I just, like, re reposition the chair here so that it doesn't sound like a shit on the mic. Sorry about that. If it sounded like it was going in and out. Um, sorry if it still sounds like that. Anyway, we were talking about Joe Biden and the documents that the DOJ found at his house in, I don't know, fucking Delaware. I think that's where he's from. Uh, and then also at his office at the White House. So here's what I was saying in terms of it being related to almost like the police having that quota at the end of the month. If they don't have enough people pulled over for a speeding ticket, they will try and get, get you for just going like five miles over. For, I mean, they got my dad once for going one mile over the speed limit in Lakeville, Minnesota. Just to remind you, you don't want to live in a place where the cops just have nothing to do. It's almost like we've gotten to that point in American politics. The DOJ, FBI, CIA, they're not only all aware of the fact that all of these places are doing this shit, all, all of these individuals are doing this shit. They don't care, and they do it themselves. They work with them. Like, I don't really understand, based on the conspiracies we have related to this government, where they knew Pearl Harbor was going to happen, they had all the evidence in the world that 9-11 was going to happen, they killed John F. Kennedy, they covered up uh, Bill Clinton being a pedophile, uh, of course, they're, they're going to do something like this to be in like, no, no, we're on top of we guys, guys, we know about those documents they found at Biden's place. It's like, dude, this is a speeding ticket. This is a speeding ticket for some guy who we all knew was speeding. This man had his crack addicted 30 year old son go work out gas company deals with the Ukraine. All right. Why are we, why is this a news story? I was, dude, I was lying in bed, just like waking up, going through YouTube videos. I saw, uh, I follow Ground News. I have the app. I actually really like Ground News. Uh, no, no relationship to them as far as this podcast goes. But if you are someone who is just sort of sick of things being one-sided, 
you know, just basic example, you watch CNN, it's all going to be left. You watch Fox News, it's all going to be right. That's how they make their money. I hope more and more people try and do what Ground News is, is doing, where they really, all they want is to just go after the biggest story. I think more and more Americans are getting to that point, especially after the pandemic. If there was any silver lining to the pandemic, it's that more and more people believe, oh yeah, this whole thing's a sham. Um, so shout out to Ground News. That's where I first started hearing about this stuff. They, they will give you anything about either side. But as soon as I saw that, I just, I didn't even click on it. I was like, I got to finish this. I got to finish this uh, Hitman 3 tutorial where the guy only kills women. I think that's what I was watching. Um, my point is, why are any of us surprised that the documents were there if they were ever there in the first place? Why do we believe these guys? They will do whatever it takes to push their own narrative um, as far as being as far as the left or the right. I, I mean, when I look at this article I just I just read from NPR, the first thing that stands out to me is how much coordination, how much communication off the bat there was with the DOJ and Biden's lawyers. If any of this was real, there would be controversy to this, and it doesn't seem like there is. It seems like this is the DOJ going, no, we're watching them, guys. We, hey, we're watching them. We're on it. Make absolutely no mistake, if there was a document in there that said Joe Biden killed several black people for being black, and hey, look, I made the crime joke, uh, the crime act joke earlier. I don't, I don't even necessarily think Joe Biden's a racist. My point is, if you had the best story possible to give to the media, they wouldn't do it. They, would, they absolutely would not do it. And I don't understand why that's hard for people to believe. We have multiple scenarios and instances where we can go back and go, seems like they might have been lying about that. Today is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. How do you think he fucking died? All right? An Uber driver had to tell me that. I forgot, and it felt incredibly racist. Um, <clears throat> no, obviously, I had it marked on my calendar. I just didn't see it that day. I forgot to mark off the X from the previous day. These things happen. Um... My, my, my point is, and it really doesn't even, I don't even have the effort as far as this topic goes to keep talking about it. It's just so goddamn apparent. And what they'll do is it'll just go the same way everything else goes in this country. People know that division is what makes money. We love sports. We love the NFL. It's, that's part of the reason... I am invested so much into the NFL is because I know it's stupid. I know it doesn't matter. So as opposed to thinking of it as two different teams, Republicans versus Democrats, I go, hey, it's a fun thing to like put, put emotion into. When it comes to Democrats and Republicans, like you're just getting fucked left and right. I don't care if you fully support them, you're sort of in the middle or you're on the opposite side of whatever belief we want to bring into topic. You're getting fucked. They will do whatever they want. You, if you found some sort of 
you know, shell to crack where it was, I'm going to have this information to release. They'll just kill you. And they do so much better at it that they do way better of a job than, say, in Iraq, Afghanistan, Russia, any of those over there. I mean, we're just so much further advanced in intelligence uh, as far as the government goes, technology, everything. I truly believe America is still the superpower when it comes to our government. We are run, we run shit. And that's how the Patriot Act came to be a thing. Uh, it was like, if we're going to run shit, then you're going to have to give up some freedoms. And ultimately, I don't think that stories like this even matter. My point in saying it, it could have been, you know, it could have been about Joe Biden killing seven black people and just getting away with it. The point is, that would never come out. That would never be released to us. Because we would have George Floyd 10 times over. You know what I mean? You think Chauvin was bad? Oh boy. Wait till you hear about the FBI. They've stepped on a lot of black necks over less than $20. Um, counterfeit $20. Hey, if you're a Republican, shout out to sticking to that point. They still, I mean, three years down the road, uh, will not let that up. He was, he was technically, there were drugs in his system, and he was also trying to use a counterfeit bill. So that, does, that means he deserves to die. Uh, I'm getting off into a tangent now. Let's, let's go with a much more fun story. Um, bum 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 Yahoo. Yahoo Insider, thank you very much. How the Romeo and Juliet lawsuit could force Hollywood to reckon with its history of child abuse. Make no mistake, this is not a conspiracy. The, uh, this country has uh, basically used hot children as, a, as an entertainment form for a long time. I mean, we want to go back to... I was going to use Hannah Montana as a reference. Miley Cyrus is very talented. She would have been famous no matter what. Zoe, oh, what is her name, dude? Who's the girl who played Zoe 101? Jamie Lynn Spears? Yeah, dude, that was Britney. Dude, that lines up perfectly, honestly. Um, if you're unaware, Jamie Lynn Spears is Britney Spears' sister, I believe, younger sister. She was, well, and I don't want to be mean here, but one of the most untalented people to ever be on television, but she was very, very 2002 hot. It was a different time, and basically being 18 years old wearing jeans that are that don't even make sense uh, based in the fact that they're shaped also on, uh, that they're on an underage person, so they're showing half of your ass cheeks, and uh, everybody was wearing... Uh, Spaghetti, what is it called? I'm not gay, so I don't know. Spaghetti strap tank tops, I believe is how you would refer to them. That was the look back then. And if you just wore a lot of makeup, ridiculous tan, and were blonde with dyed hair, you're going to be America's sweetheart, honey. And we've since gone away from that, uh, back to 17-year-olds that can dance really well on TikTok. And that's respectable and American. But the point is, back then... Um, just all the way up into the 2010s, there were guys like Dan Schneider. 
uh, if you don't know about Dan Schneider, basically think back to what the logo is uh, for Nickelodeon. It's a foot. And the reason that happened was because when you give white Americans a lot of money and power, not just money, okay? Like, we all grew up in the suburbs, if you're listening to this show, probably. Uh, but if, when you were in the suburbs, you remember, like, you would just you just have a rich, shitty dad around all the time. Um, not referring to my dad, referring to every other dad that wh- whoever's house I went over to forever was. They would be wealthy, but not have a lot of power in the world. So they were douchebags, but they weren't committing like like sins against underage people. Uh, when you give a white American a lot of money and power, what they do is uh, pretty much just like molest children and make great entertainment. Let's be honest. Um, <clears throat> and that's what Dan Schneider did. He made a lot of really great kids shows like iCarly. And Drake and Josh, but he was molesting Megan the entire time. Or Carly, I guess, in the later years. Jeanette McCurdy, who played Sam on iCarly, and, as well as uh, Sam and Kat. I mean, that was, that one was like, that's, I think, how this whole shit came out. You put Ariana Grande and Jeanette McCurdy, that's like, I promise you, Dan Schneider had a threesome with them against their will at some point. And would I watch it and jerk off to it? Yes, yes, I would. But I'm not. Call- I'm not saying it's right. Um, the the logo for the Nickelodeon, uh, just the channel, used to be a foot, and they since have detracted from that because Dan Schneider was very into feet of six, uh, you know, fourteen, fifteen year old women, and that is really how that whole thing came to be. If you go back and I'm sorry, folks, but if you go back and look at Nickelodeon, I'm pretty sure Dan Schneider molested all of those children at one point, and there was some sort of payout related to the connections that he has, which is why they, as horrible actors, are still popular and haven't really spoken much about it. Even Jeanette McCurdy, like she didn't say a whole lot. Uh, there's a whole there's a story involved with feet. I can't believe how off topic this got. So Romeo and Juliet, if you remember, there was a, there was a version of it released in 1968. And uh, many, many people in high school watched this movie. Romeo and Juliet, if you remember, was an unnecessarily talked about topic throughout that grade. I believe that was ninth grade. That didn't need to happen, by the way. Um, that didn't need to happen. I remember there was a very hot girl named Chessie in my in my English class, and she had to play Juliet, which was weird that she randomly like she was one of the hottest girls in the class, and she got picked to be Juliet. And then she had to go with the most like that guy that everybody hates. I mean, every like this guy was the fucking worst. And looking back on it, he was probably just autistic, and we didn't as that was never taught to us, so we didn't really know how to deal with that. But the point is, nobody liked him, and he was always sweaty and red. But he was white, so I can say that. He w- it wasn't like a Native American guy. He was a white guy that was always had red skin. <coughs> and um, anyway, they had to read it. It was very uncomfortable for them. I played the apothecary. Very cool role. 
we, and, and so for anybody that's not understanding what I'm saying right now, based on how poorly I've explained it, we had to read the text version of Romeo and Juliet, literally the one that Shakespeare wrote. And everybody in class would just sit there as we went through the whole thing. I get, I, like, if you didn't like Romeo and Juliet, I get that. As an, as an English teacher, you want to solidify the hate for this thing. But at one point, I was trying to, like, flirt with one of the girls I never had a chance with in that class. There was, like, three or four hot girls, which almost seemed to never happen in my classes. It was a real shame. I, I never had classes with the hot girls. There's probably some conspiracy related to that. But I was remember one day I was making a joke to one of them, just trying to be like, yeah, this fucking Romeo and Juliet shit is so gay. <laughs> yeah, like, I like football and snowboarding, so I'm like sick and Romeo and Juliet is gay and um, apparently my teacher had overheard me this is not the only time this hurt happened in high school I had a very loud mouth in the literal and physical sense L literal and metaphorical maybe is what I meant um, but he came up to me and he got like this Christian Bale Batman voice with me uh, while we were waiting in line ready, ready to be released from that class period he goes and this was like in front of people, bro. I was fully bitched by this man who was shorter than me. Oh my God, I just got so fucking... Woo! In case I didn't explain it well enough, I am doing this podcast in an elevator shaft uh, next to a back room that has been abandoned since the 1990s. The air conditioner just turned on and it sounded like several ghosts coming back to life. It was just a, like a static noise, and it didn't make sense anywhere it was coming from. Ruined my point, and I... Uh, uh, anyway, I was joking about Romeo and Juliet to this hot girl, and this teacher who was shorter than me when I was a ninth grader walked up to me in front of this girl and did this Christian Bale Batman voice, and he was like, Next time, why don't you try and respect Shakespeare? Or something like that. I don't, I, I, it probably wasn't that verbatim, but he was like, it was literally that scene where Batman is beating the shit out of Bane and he's trying to figure out where the trigger of the bomb is. Where's the trigger? He's like, you be nice to Shakespeare. And I was like, dude, I, uh, Shakespeare's gay, but you're scaring me because I'm a child right now. And I, uh, I was like, oh, okay, okay, very sorry, and couldn't look that girl in the eye for the rest of the semester. Got fully bitched, but um, I, I guess it was just sort of, it was just sort of very scary. And I don't get why people would be that into Romeo and Juliet. Uh, for anyone that's wondering why we're, why we're talking about Romeo and Juliet for the past five minutes, it's because, it's because I have ADHD and I can't even uh, get words fast enough out of my mouth to just like calm down. Let's read through the article here. Romeo and Juliet actors Olivia Hussey and Leonard Whiting are suing Paramount for child abuse. The suit could spark a deeper look into the inhumane treatment of children in Hollywood. It's not going to happen. We uh, let the celebrities of this country molest children on an island for 60 years and then we just killed the guy i say we because it's our country really it's the people that just control us and are turning this into the new china the souk uh from judy garland to raven simone stars have been sharing their stories of mistreatment and abuse for decades the 1968 movie romeo and juliet 
has come back into public consciousness as stars Olivia Hussey and Leonard Whiting are filling lawsuits against Paramount Pictures. I just read that. Not sure why they, they would put that twice. In the 1960s, 15-year-old Olivia Hussey and 16-year-old Leonard Whiting secured career-making roles in a film that retells the iconic love story of Romeo and Juliet, the first film to use the actors that were similar in age to the characters in the play. I'm pretty sure they were like 12 and 14 in the play. Uh, Whatever country that was. Greece? France? Germany, one of the one of the ones where it's like okay to molest kids into the nineties. These a- these young actors went on to beautifully depict the Shakespeare classic. Why would you say beautifully if you're going to write the article that way? Ooh, pedophile! But their performance became overshadowed by controversy. They were legally children when they filmed in the nude together. The performance can now be found on sites meant for pornography. That's definitely child porn. What the fuck? I didn't know that part. I've. Oh, I. I no. Okay. I, no. Hold on. <laughs> I sw- I swear to God, I actually did know that because of the story I was about to tell. So I mean, this class that we were in, we watched this movie in high school, and the teacher. Yes, I just told the story about him being a dick about me making funny make, making fun of Romeo and Juliet. But he was actually a very cool guy. I literally don't know a single person who disliked this teacher. Uh, he was the head coach of the ni- like the younger basketball team at our high school. He was a really good guy, but he did show us child porn, which is most teachers in America in the 2010s and 20s. Um, the funniest part about that is I was definitely below 18 when this happened, so legal. Uh, I was about... 14 or 15 and I, I it's just it feels weird talking about this now as a 24 year old but Juliet in this movie was the hottest actor I mean it doesn't even it's not possible for a girl to be hot this this hot in the 1960s you go look back at movies in the ni- 80s and 90s women were not as hot as they are now it's not even fucking close there are women nowadays that, that don't even look like real people they're so hot in the 1960s, they all looked like. Um, have you ever seen one of those magnets of like a like a house mom that your grandma has with some shitty joke on her fridge, and it's like they're wearing a, a striped shirt. They have haircut like your brother, like my like my brother. Like it's just curly but long, and you're just like Jesus Christ. Everybody was gay in the 60s because women were fat and looked like men. The girl, uh, what's her name? Like, what was uh, Olivia Hussey? Very hot in this movie. Makes me uncomfortable now that I'm admitting how hot she was as a 16 year old then. And I'm not going to go back and look at the pictures because I don't want to feel that way. At the time, I was very attracted to her. Couldn't believe that someone in the old times was that hot. Looked up the scene on Pornhub, jerked off to it several times. And what goes into that was our teacher showed us this movie, right? He did, I just can't believe how stupid this move was, how he just wasn't thinking of this. But somehow, this guy goes, oh, yeah, there's a nude scene where two children are going to fuck. We're watching it on a projector, and he goes, got you guys. Sticks a note card in front of the projector so that the, the light won't go onto the screen. 
Motherfucker, this is 2014. It's still on the laptop. Everybody saw this 16-year-old's tits. Wow, dude. We might have to sue. We might have to sue. This guy's probably freaking out. I should give him a call. I should get, I should see if I can give him a call. He would never do the podcast um, for obvious reasons. But I just would like to be like, dude, I get that you're nervous. I don't, I don't feel like I was shown child porn, so just probably relax. He does what he did, though, according to uh, this article in like the Supreme Court. We fully saw this girl's tits, and they were perfect, dude. I can't even, I can't even describe to you how hot this girl's tits were for a '60s chick. Like, imagine tits now, but you're watching grainy footage. You know, it was impossible to have happened. It was the miracle. It was the Minneapolis miracle of underage tits. I'll say that. I'll just say that, and I'll leave it at that. Um. The article goes on to talk about uh, Judy Garland, who was 1935. I mean, that's not even the 1960s yet. I don't even. Are we even going to get mad at people for for thinking Judy Garland was hot back then? She was not. She was not hot, but she was for 1935. There was there was one gender back then. There was two genders, but there was really one. There was men, and then there was women who looked like men. They look like German chicks now. Uh, yeah, that's, what do we get to two stories the whole night here? You get the point. Um, the actors, uh, Hussey and Whiting, whatever their first names were, they're suing Paramount because, um, in the 1960s, I don't, I don't know, dude. I feel like literally, um, you would have to go back and, and just get mad at so many movies for that, you know? What what do I know? Um, I think I think other than that, I don't don't really have a lot to say on that. They just sort of, it was the '60s. It was a different time. Like it wouldn't even have been considered rape to put a quaalude in a girl's drink and then have sex with her while she was unconscious. Are we really gonna get mad that mad at sixteen year old tits and ass? It, we didn't even see her ass. Isn't that weird? How like in the 1960s, like 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 showing a direct pussy shot would be like unchristian, but fucking a 16-year-old and filming her for a movie that was one of the biggest of that entire decade was like fine. Some would say a better time. Anyway. Let's move on here. Uh, let's do another story here. We might be do, might might do a little bit longer of an episode tonight. What do you guys think? Should we do everyone's favorite um, everyone's favorite motherfucking rapper, Kanye West? God, I don't even know why I picked this one. I really just don't even have a lot to say about this. Uh, this is from Parade Magazine. I don't know if they're a reputable source. We're gonna do it anyway because that's responsible journalism. Family of Kanye West's new wife breaks silence after wedding. I didn't even know he got married because he was so focused on hating Jews. Kanye West is reportedly a newly married man, and now his bride's family is speaking up about the nuptials. Just say married. Just say new couples. I'm trying to read the fucking article. Why do you got to use a word nobody's used since Judy Garland was molested? 
Last week, reports began to swirling that the rapper privately tied uh, tied the knot with. I, I had to take a pause there because of how retardedly that sentence was written. Reports began swirling that the rapper privately tied to knot with Yeezy architectural designer Bianca Sensori. While the pair did not file for a legal marriage certificate to make it official, it's understood they held a private ceremony to exchange ideas. Well, first of all, they're not married then because the only thing we care about marriage for in this country is divorce, you know, so lawyers can make money. And also, I'm sure it has something to do with the IRS. I'm not smart enough to understand, but if we're, if we're still America, we're not considering them married yet. Was it even a Catholic wedding? Was there even 16-year-old tits involved in the wedding? West, who legally changed his name to Ye, was photographed this week wearing what appears to be a wedding band and the snaps obtained by TMZ. This article is written so shittily for Parade Magazine. I can't even get through it. The new couple also reportedly uh, celebrated a romantic honeymoon at a five-star luxury resort in Utah where rooms range from... three. 3,300 to 6,400 a night per the New York Post. I get that he's he's lost a lot of money lately, but also that's not enough. That's not enough uh, to have released albums like College Dropout, My Dark, Beautiful, Twisted Fantasy. Um, uh, what's the one? Pablo. What is it? The Life of Pablo. That was a great one. I had a friend that played that way too much. I think I blocked it out a little bit. He used to do like instrumentals on guitar to Kanye songs. And he's the one who stopped hanging out with me. Can you, I mean, can you fucking even process that? What does that say about me? Uh, I feel like you should be spending more and not in Utah. What do you think? Do you think Kanye like, I don't know what this girl looks like. Let's let's try and look her up here. Bianca Sensori. Probably not saying that right. Um, I wonder if she's Aryan. Let's see if she's Aryan. Now, a black Nazi, make no mistake, being a Nazi is not right. You should definitely never do that. Um, Bianca Sensori. But if you are, I mean, you do have to like sort of stick to your guns and you probably like it has to be a white blonde chick. Oh, dude, I one time we had Ellie Wiesel. He came to our school and I was doing a book report on the book he wrote, one of the most famous books in Holocaust history. And my teacher in front of the whole class asked me to uh, tell him what I thought of the book. And he knew that I didn't read it. it was I lied to a Holocaust survivor. How many people can say that? Anyway, he also said to one of the girls in the class who was super blonde, her name was Annika, which I'm pretty sure is a German name, blonde hair, blue eyes. And he goes, he goes like this. You would have been the perfect Aryan. Sorry, I got, got cut off there for a second. But Ellie Wiesel, Holocaust survivor, literally told this girl, she, he was like, you would have been the perfect Aryan. And my teacher got so uncomfortable, and so did the girl. I wish back then I could have understood that that was hilarious. Um, anyway, uh, I think we were just talking about the Aryan race and 
the, this girl is definitely she's not she's certainly not blonde. I'm not entirely sure that she's white. And now that I'm remembering, her name is Bianca Sensori. Kanye, I don't look, man. I I'm not a Hitler guy, but I'm not a Bill Belichick guy either. Okay. Would would Tom Brady try and upset Bill Belichick this way? He wouldn't. I thought you said you liked Hitler, bro. You're spitting in Hitler's face right now. Yes, she's hot as fuck and has a perfect face. And honestly, I lost wording for a second there because of her breasts. But she's not a pale white blonde. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying to you, the listener right now, that you have to be with a perfect blue-eyed white hair, uh, blonde hair, white skin, blonde person. You don't, that's not what I believe in. I believe in consistency. And so if you go on a huge podcast like Alan Jones and you go, I love Hitler. No, I love Hitler. After uh, Alex Jones, who, I mean, literally the guy who tried to say Sandy Hook was fake. The guy who is being sued for Sandy Hook false allegations is giving you an out and you're too mentally ill to do it. At least have somebody around you. That's going to tell you, you have to marry a white Aryan chick because you're building a brand. Okay. The Yeezys thing, it's sort of, it has died out. The only people that still wear Kanye West clothing or shoes are your, are your dumb friends who still think they are going to be able to start a, start the Amazon of reselling shoes in their basement. We all have five of those friends and it's not going to happen. And let's be honest, none of them are Aryans. So they probably got off the idea anyway. My point is Kanye, you're trying to rebuild a brand, a brand here. Why wouldn't you just go full Nazi? Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm joking. Obviously I've, I've always liked Kanye a lot. I've always been a huge Kanye West fan, of course, because of his music, but just on top of that, the guy, in my opinion, got so much unnecessary hate over the years because you know that he's mentally ill and everyone hated him, but no one got mad at the, at the people who were exploiting that and trying to get him to go on podcasts or different radio shows, news stations, just so they, they could get the viral clip clip and have him say something ridiculous. Um, when you see people get mad at other people for providing someone a platform, I think that's ridiculous until you start getting the mentally ill involved. Hey, we're, we're all involved in this to try and get clicks. Like we all, anyone who's doing what I'm doing right now, is doing this because they want attention and they want to make something out of this. I'd fucking, I'd have Kanye on right now. Dude, I'd probably have Hitler on. All right. I'm not saying I'd be nice to him. I'd have questions about his decisions, but my point is I'd be trying, I'm trying to make this into something. And so is everybody else who was having Kanye on. The difference is it's very clear to me. It's immediately clear to me and Jordan Peterson, uh, that he is not in the right state of mind. And when that happens, um, you know, you might start rolling around on wet concrete outside of a quick trip, 
or you might get into Percocet, or you might start loving the Nazis. And what's not helpful for that, what helps no one, is basically encouraging it by going, hey, I'm going to have this guy on to try and get him to talk about all this shit. Um, fuck, man, I'm contradicting myself. I would definitely have Kanye on right now. I'm definitely just talking to talk. Uh, so if you are mentally ill, try not to get into Nazi stuff. Try to listen to more episodes of this podcast. That'll probably help you. Uh, don't therapy is bullshit. It's, um, it's all just to try and squeeze every dollar they can out of you. You should definitely just do more drugs and listen to the Joey hates everything podcast. We got it done. We didn't get murdered in here. It's pretty incredible. I didn't even hear a single weird sound the whole time. Should we just honestly would be the best thing possible if they found me murdered in here the next day? I would, I'd totally fine with that. My death would make this show important. And I just said I was willing to have Hitler on, which means I'm willing to, to die to have this show become a thing. And so let's just try this right now. Are there any spirits here with me? I, I get it. I get it. When that big red light comes on, it can be a little hard to perform. You know what I'm saying? It's just in the life of an entertainer, baby. Come on. Um, no, nobody here with me, huh? What if you gave me like a, I can't even, I can't even run away right now because I have all of my valuables in front of me. If you were just to knock something off a shelf or make some sort of Yelp or something, please. You know what I really want to do is a Ouija board. I have never, oh, you're not supposed to say that. I, I'm, I'm half joking right now. Like I'm trying to be shitty towards ghosts. But I would legitimately lose my shit if something happened after I said the word, after I said the O word. Um, apparently, you're not supposed to say that if you don't want to, if you're like scared or something. I do think a Ouija board would be a great idea for a video uh, for YouTube, which is one of my goals. I, I like, uh, like an extreme lame ass bitch. I wrote all of my goals out for the podcast this year and I put them on my wall, you know, like a woman. And, um, and I'm not saying women are lame as bitches, but the ones who do stuff like that, we don't like you. Nobody likes you. That's the ones who are extremely good at math, even though they're hot and they like dot all of their eyes with a heart. We don't need that. The point is you're too talented to be that hot. And it makes me angry. No, um, Getting back on getting back on Twitter this week. Uh, we already did that. Go follow Joey hates everything. Um, what was I just fucking talking about? The YouTube channel, dude. I really want to do that. I wrote out all the goals, and I have a lot of good ideas for segments. I'm still trying to get a producer and things like that. So if anybody listening to this knows anyone, you don't even have, they don't even have to be in Arizona because you know I could just send them shit. But if you know anybody that would be willing to work for, I'm talking slave wages uh probably less than that because we all know that most of the south treated their slaves well we all know that that's a fact and um, i don't have a home to provide or anything like that just a very minuscule amount of money that will barely provide you anything so if anybody knows that anybody that's interested to to do that um that that'd be great if you could just let me know
Here's what I'm fucking excited to actually announce. Um, and nobody cares because it doesn't matter. But the merch is going to be coming out sometime soon here. I do not have an official release date, but I do have uh, the concept art all ready to go. These are drawings that I made myself and then digitized um, just through, literally just through iPhone software editing uh, that comes with your camera just right on the phone. It's super easy for anyone that enjoys drawing, but you're not that good at it. That's the scenario I'm in. Just draw and then edit it with your fucking iPhone. It works. Uh, got some designs that I'm extremely excited about. One of them is a uh, ALD 52 Beatles blotter paper sheet. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, that was the first drug I ever sold back in 2016. And it was the best drug I ever sold. The cleanest acid I've ever had wasn't even LSD. It's ALD 52, codename Orange Sunshine. The last remaining orange sunshine is under my dead best friend's uh, childhood home's floorboard. So we will probably never get that unless I can convince those people to let me into their home. And we will need a real excuse to get into that floorboard. So if you know any carpenters, let me know as well. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope this episode wasn't too all over the place, even though I know it was. Um, thanks for bearing with us through this audio here. I hope you have a good fucking day, man.